Hey dudes, this is Michael, one of the co-hosts of Two Dudes in the Nest, the show you're about to listen to. If you are a first-time listener and you've picked one of these older episodes to listen to, maybe because it's one of your favorite games on the NES, I don't blame you. However, I just want to warn you that uh, this is, some of these episodes are three, four, maybe five years old. And this is before we got new audio equipment. This is really before we even knew what we were doing. But we... You know, we want to leave them on the feed as long as we can because we want to have plenty of episodes for people to listen to. I just want to give a fair bit of warning before we get started. If you're an older listener and you're going back to listen to an episode again, uh, you may hear something new because right before the episode starts here, we're going to have an advertisement, which is probably not what you heard the first time through. But now we started doing ads in our shows, so we're going to have an ad here. Anyways, I hope you enjoy. And if you do enjoy, please subscribe to the podcast and listen to as many episodes as you can. It always helps us out. And tell a friend, too. That'd be nice. Enjoy the show. This is the No Swear Gamer from YouTube and the Atari 1700 Game by Game podcast, and you are listening to the podcasting pride of the Smoky Mountains, the two dudes in a nest, with your hosts, Dude Michael and Dude Justin. <laughs> Justin. What's up, man? Uh, not much, man. I just, uh, I've had a pretty frustrating uh, last couple of weeks, and I just want to talk about some mother Cubert. That's right. Uh, yeah. So it, it's been a long time, no pod. Yeah, really. I don't know what's, so. what's happened to us, but uh, it has been a while, and there's not been a lot of podding <sighs> going on. Yeah. For me, it's been, it's been scheduling. Oh boy, I've had uh, some rough, rough uh, couple of months. September and October, both been a yeah. little rough in the scheduling department for me. Yeah, uh, I've been uh, I've been right in the same boat as you. I mean, I've had mm-hmm. pretty much every week since the last time we pod has been between fifty and sixty hour weeks. Easy. Yeah, yeah, I'm hitting some high numbers too. It's just. Uh, it's just kind of the nature of this time right now. So, lots of sick people, right? Yeah, just uh, the nature of the services that I've been on. So, gotcha. It's uh, some are busier than others, and I've been on the kind of busier end of it right now. I understand. But, yep. So, but we're here tonight to talk about Cubert. This is the Two Dudes in an S podcast, by the way. And uh, so we'll talk about... Q-Asterix-Bert. That's right. Q-Asterix-Bert. We will talk about Qbert. But Qbert, there's not a lot to talk about for Qbert. But I've got a lot of good tangents. Because a lot of stuff has happened to me since the last time we pod. Chris Vanderhoff, come on. Yeah, this this episode is dedicated to uh, Dude Vanderhoff. Yeah. Although... He, he he says he doesn't like the tangents, right? That's what he says. But on our on our last Patreon episode, he like really complimented about listening to us just uh, talk about various issues. So, which is it? I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know how he truly feels about it. Yeah. yeah. So I've got uh, so I mentioned I got a lot of good tangents to fill in with tonight. So mm-hmm. I've got one one is things that have happened to my house. 
So we've got that. Okay. But also, right. the bigger one that we probably need to do off the top before we even get into the game is, if you notice me talking with a lisp tonight, it's because I got new teeth. Sort of. Yeah. Uh, it's... Yeah, it's... Go, go ahead. Uh, well, my wife has convinced me uh, that it's time for me to go ahead and try to do like an Invisalign type of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, and I'm still kind of getting used to the teeth. I've had them about, this will be my third, going into my third week. Right. Uh, and I had these a few years ago when we were in college. Um, and they're, they're interesting. Um, I, uh, unfortunately, I wore the retainer for about two years afterwards. And then some, I lost it somehow. Oh, uh, no. can you not order you another one? Well, you can, but they're expensive, and at that time, I didn't have a lot of money, so I, I understand. Get one. So my teeth have moved a little bit since the Invisalign, which kind of stinks. Uh, so one day, um, I may go back, which actually, I think my insurance right now, not to get into some hot insurance talk, <laughs> but I think my insurance that I have right now covers the orthodontics pretty well, so I may go back pretty soon. But anyway, cool. tell us about your teeth. So uh, I'm actually doing the Smile Direct Club, which you see on the commercials. Mm -hmm. uh, it's essentially the same thing as, uh, hold on just a second. This, so time out. Uh, we normally play music in the background of the pod mm -hmm. for Cubert. Mm -hmm. I want to do it just during the game segment this time because there's okay. not a lot of music in this game. And if I start it now, sure. which I've been playing it now, I'm going to stop it because if I continue to play mm -hmm. it, it's going to get really annoying. But we'll do it during the game segment. Anyways, yeah. so I'm doing Smile Direct Club. Uh, and it's like the, it's almost like the cheaper knockoff version, but I think it's cheaper because it's like internet based mm -hmm. and they 3d print like, them and send them to you. So it's, it's like they figured out how to do it cheaper. Like dollar shave club for teeth. Yeah. Basically dollar shave club for teeth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm right. doing. Uh, and so far so good. It, I mean, my wife did the Invisalign just like mm -hmm. you did. Right. And she says there's really not a lot of difference in what I'm doing. It's just just a yeah. matter of it's a lot cheaper. It's like a third of the cost. Yeah, I can't imagine that they're, they're much different. Um, but are you going to tell us the – I know the joke I used to use, and I'm sure you're using the same joke. Oh, it's my favorite joke in the world. I know exactly which one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Tell so us the joke. With the, with the, with the uh, Smile Direct Club teeth – you, uh, it's, it's, they're, you know, everybody knows what they are. They're little plastic things you put on your teeth and they gently move them for about six months. Anyways, mm -hmm. when you, you can't eat with them while you have them in. Mm -hmm. So my, the best thing about having these is telling people I got to take my teeth out before I eat. Exactly. That is the best <laughs> joke. I'll just, excuse me. I just got to take my teeth out real quick. Oh yeah. You guys uh, want to go to lunch? Hold on. Let me go run to the bathroom, take my teeth out. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I remember when I got them, they were just such a pain to try to, to get out at first. Like it, they were just like really, they're really difficult to get out. And I guess there's just a trick to it. And it took me maybe two weeks to kind of get it down. And, and uh, I was able to kind of, to get them out. Well, it's uh, kind of, also, it's the weirdest thing when you go to like the, the way mine work is I have a set a week. So I change into mm -hmm. a new set every week. So uh -huh. Monday's when I do it. So Monday I put them in and probably 
Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, trying to take them out is like trying to chisel away at very hard. Yeah. At like a rock. Mm-hmm. But then come yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they pretty much just slide right off, which is yeah. weird. I guess it means it's working because your teeth are moving. Right. Right. Yeah, I remember that too. And then and then towards the end, when you get towards the end of what, you know, however many you need you're supposed to do, um, however long you're long it is even like when you put the new ones in they're like you can already tell they're like really a lot easier to get out i guess your teeth move so much that they're, you're just making subtle changes towards the end uh-huh. so it's like they pop out a lot easier but uh, anyway yeah so you know. anyway so that that's what i'm doing uh and we'll see how it goes i guess um I think there's like some kind of incentive program for a mutual incentive. But if anybody out there is interested in, in smile direct club, uh, shoot me a message and you may be able to get them for cheaper and I may get a little bonus too. So, but you may want to wait till you see, till I tell you whether or not they work. And, uh, if you want to wait, wait about six months, I'll let you know. Yeah. Now, cause, cause so far your, your, uh, reviews of like blue apron, have not been good correct that's so i'm you not afraid to be br- brutally honest you gave up on blue apron for good right we did we gave up on blue yeah. apron for good and we all, everybody knows the story if you haven't if you don't remember the story listen back to one of the old episodes i tell you all about blue apron now i will say uh speaking of meal delivery we uh recently have been doing freshly mm-hmm. uh, and it is actually pretty awesome it's just like a they're like tv dinners but they're not yeah. frozen so they come to you pretty fresh yeah and it's almost like eating leftovers because it, it comes to you refrigerated in like a refrigerated box and then you put it in the refrigerator and it's almost like eating leftovers so I it like tastes kind of like leftovers it, it is really nice the only problem is they don't change their meals enough so we get, we stopped doing it because we kind of got tired of it because we eating the same meals over and over again and yeah. the weirdest you, thing is sorry to keep on rolling here no you're i know fine. you're trying to interject here but just let me tell you the weirdest thing is uh carrots and everything everything i'm talking chili carrots uh oh really pasta carrots mm. like chicken parmesan carrots it's weird i don't know what their obsession with carrots is but i mean i like carrots but it's just that was that weird. is that is a food that i have grown to love like really like within the last like two years i did not i never liked carrots much growing up certainly didn't like them growing up even as like a young adult, I didn't really care for carrots, never got them, never ate them at a restaurant or anything. But my daughter has really liked eating them raw with ranch. And I've started doing it, and I really, I really like them now. It's like I've just acquired a carrot taste all of a sudden. Raw carrots with ranch, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm, I'm into the carrot thing. I'll tell you... Um, one thing about, I got I got a little tangent if uh, to talk about. Uh, yeah, please. I mean, I'm, let me I'm, let's just be brutally honest here, right off the bat. That's my that's my phrase for the day, by the way. Brutally honest. I've said it about ten times mm-hmm, so far mm-hmm, on this podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but let's just be honest with everybody. The Cubert talk tonight is going to encompass all of about ten minutes. Sure. So we might as well just go ahead and tangent it up. Well, this is kind of a retro topic. Okay. Has there ever been more of a caricature of a man that never never breaks character as Ric Flair? 
Like I was watching, I was watching this video today. You know, all these kind of Ric Flair video, you know, compilation. And first of all, he behaves ridiculous, right? When he's oh, out yeah. there, like that's his thing. Like he just behaves ridiculous. He's known for a, a sound, essentially. Uh, yeah, which we better not say. Not we may, good. we may get copyrighted or something. That's right. It's not as good as the sound that we've got, similar to our Garth Brooks. Oh yeah. Oh wait. Yeah. Actually, uh, uh, you want to hear that? You need to listen to some Patreon episodes, right? We, we don't have the guy screaming though. We gotta have the guy screaming. Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, hold not, on. I not, got... not not Garth. Just okay, the Garth. Garth is double. His his a uh, his doppelganger right here. Ah! <laughs> I love it. Somebody <laughs> probably just awesome. wrecked their car. They just swerved off the know. road. I don't know why. I just imagined someone actually screaming like that. That's just hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway. Hey, we need to just have that a, when anytime we need to get somebody's attention. Ah! <laughs> he's such a caricature of a man, though. Like, he's not just... He he does he acts this way in the ring and in the little interviews with, the, with everybody. But then, like, you can see him in an interview on, like, ESPN, and he, he's the same person. Like, he just... That's just Ric Flair. It he's might just, just be who he is. It's either who he is or he never breaks character. He's kept character for, you know, what, 40 years. Yeah. Wow. So I do good. have a kind of a funny Ric Flair story. You remember back in July, August of last year, he was in the hospital and was apparently critically ill, like potentially uh, maybe on death's door. Do you remember that story? I kind of remember it a little bit. I only remember that story because I remember them saying that he was at a hospital in Atlanta at the time, which I also happened to be doing a rotation at a hospital in Atlanta at that time. Uh-huh. And I was like, I wonder if he's at the same hospital, if it's Ric Flair. And I mean, I know Ric Flair's like gone through a bunch of bankruptcies and stuff, but he was probably at the well, best hospital in Atlanta for whatever he had going on. And I happened to be at that hospital. Now that hospital split up into several different hospitals. And I kept thinking, what if I run into Ric Flair at the hospital? Like, I'm what sure if I see a possibility? And I never did. But anyway, um, it just, it, it was, uh, I was always constantly looking at, looking around seeing if I could find him. Hmm. Didn't find him. Oh, well. But yeah, I, I always been a, I've always been a fan of Ric Flair. Oh, yeah. How can He's you great. not be a fan of Ric Flair? He's just hilarious. Yeah. Um, but, but you, okay, well, I'll give you an example. Like Hulk Hogan acts the way he does in the ring, right? Mm-hmm. But outside the ring, like you watch Hogan knows best. He's, he's not that guy. Like he's not Hulk Hogan, like at home. He's just like a regular guy kind of, right? Right. Or The Rock would be another example. Like there's The Rock, the character Rock in the ring. And then outside the ring, he's completely a different person. Apparently now he's like a boulder um, more than a rock. Yeah, uh, that's right. I'm not, I'm not sure what the end game is for The Rock, but he just keeps getting bigger. And I, I, I didn't know it was physically possible for somebody that was already big to just keep getting bigger and bigger. Uh, it's getting ridiculous. It's, it's fairly absurd. Yeah. 
Anyway. So, uh, anyways, we probably should start talking about the game, but I just want to let uh, Phil, uh, the No Sword Gamer, know that I failed him, and I'm so sorry. Uh, we t- we've been talking about tangents for 15 minutes, and I forgot that Phil gave us this little soundbite, and I did not play it. Tangent alert! Uh, uh, I totally failed, but I'm going to hang on to it. We will use it, yeah. maybe later this yeah. episode. But why don't we talk about some history? Now it's time for Justin's historical tidbits and trivia. Time to get out your D-pad notepads because you're about to get schooled by the doctor. All right. So Qbert's history. So Qbert history, obviously Qbert was one of the early arcade games, early 1980s. It was developed and published by a company called Gottlieb. I think it's pronounced Gottlieb. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and he was produced by a couple of games, or the game was created by a couple of guys named Warren Davis and Jeff Lee. Now, Jeff Lee was the artist. He was one of the earliest artists with Gottlieb, and he created the title character that is Cubert. Uh, and Cubert, uh, the the design, he was working on designs at the time, and the design that he created for the Cubert game which is the kind of the 3d illusioned level that looks like you know steps but it's in a 2d game essentially is designed after he was inspired by the artist mc mincer now do you know who mc mincer is i know who or mc escher i'm sorry mc escher oh yeah who's mc mincer that, that sounds like a rapper or something I don't know. You know what? I, I don't know why I said Mincer, but anyway, MC Mincer, you know, just kind of rolls off the tongue, I guess. Uh, <laughs> MC Escher. So MC Escher, for those of you that don't know, is the guy that kind of writes or was the artist that does these kind of 3D, three-dimensional, um, where it kind of looks like you're constantly going upstairs. I don't know how to describe it. But you know, Just look you know it up, everybody. Of, everybody look yeah. it up. You'll, if you don't know those, it, look it up. You don't know which way the stairs are going and kind of those kind of types of, of artwork. Well, that way he gave the inspiration to, to uh, Jeff Lee uh, in creating the levels. And so he had these levels. He designed the Qbert, and then Warren Davis comes around. And Warren Davis is the actual programmer, and he starts kind of working with these drawings to, to implement them into a game. And they kind of implement several different things. There was apparently a, a shooting mechanic at some point that they wanted to simplify and kind of bring in and just make it kind of what Qbert is. And um, then they went into the, once they kind of designed the game and kind of had a, a good design uh, for, for what they wanted, came the time to name the game. Now, the original project name was Cubes, okay, which makes sense. It's Cubes level. Mm-hmm. But then they wanted to make a name that would actually... Um, a more uh, unique than cubes. Now, I personally like Jeff Lee's initial concept, which was snots and boogers. Nice. <laughs> I don't know how that was going to fit into this game. <laughs> how? <laughs> well, Cuber does have what? quite the schnoz. He does have quite the schnoz. Uh, maybe that's what he was related to, but he wanted to call it snots and boogers. It was rejected, of course, <laughs> by the team. Um, but he was, and then the vice president of marketing 
Howie Rubin wanted to name the game as the uh, uh, basically the symbols that were the curse words that Kubert said, right? Uh-huh. But then they thought, well, how would people say that game? How would people say the name of that game? You know, nobody's going to say at sign exclamation mark pound question mark at right. sign. You played <laughs> that game yet? Um, so that was rejected. And so hey, I, wait, I know um, how to say it. Yeah, that's how you <laughs> there. Say. You go, beep. Um, and then Hubert was suggested. And then they took Hubert and combined it with Cubes and made Cubert. And then the art director, uh, Richard Tracy, actually wanted to change the name to Q, the letter Q dash Bert. But for some odd reason, uh, it was changed, the, the hyphen was changed to an asterisk. Now, this is actually something that uh, Warren Davis expressed regret over because what's the, what's the deal with the asterisk? And, like, it can't be, I mean, you know, that doesn't really make sense. It, it complicates things for how to pronounce this thing because, you know, it's, you know, what do you do with the asterisk? So he, he actually didn't like the Q asterisk Bert. But anyway, that's what stuck. Really? That's, like, one of my, that's, like, my favorite part about the title. Oh, really? I think that's the probably asterisk. what a lot of people like, too. I'm, Surely I'm not I, alone. They put the asterisk there, and I'm just looking for, like, where's the footnote? It's supposed to tell me something about this cube, right? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Did anyway. you not see that in the manual? Oh, no. I haven't looked at the manual yet. Well, we'll get I'm to saving, that. We'll get to that. Saving that. Um, so, anyway, after it was developed, it was, of course, released in arcades, and they did some uh, testing. And uh, one of the early tests was in Brunswick Bowling Alley. And they watched people play it basically behind one of those two way glass things. It's like they were scientists experimenting with people <laughs> <laughs> to see how they would react to the game. Um, I thought that was kind of funny. But, of course, Kubert has been one of the most talked about, one of the most uh, really successful because it was the early player in, in the game along with, like, Pac-Man and, and Donkey Kong. Um, one interesting thing about popular culture it's been referred to in many television shows and many movies most recently, and uh, the movies um, Wreck-It Ralph and Pixel. And the reason they were in those movies is because Sony had to sign off of them. And Sony had to sign off of them because who owned Gottlieb in 1982 when they were creating this game was Paramount. And Paramount was later bought by Sony. So Sony actually owns the Qbert um, likeness and game and all that jazz. That's quite the spider so, web of uh, yeah, copyright. So anyway, there's a whole lot of things to talk about with this um, as far as legacy. Um, there was a high score that was held for 30 years by George Lutz from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, and he played one game for eight, 84 hours and 48 minutes on February wow. the 14th through the 18th and de- December 13th. And the only reason that record has not been broken is because nobody else can stay awake that long right. while playing right. Kubert. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Rob Ger- Gerhart was the one that held it for 30 years, and George Lutz was the one that broke it. And ah. He broke it in 2013. How do you do that? How do you play for 84 hours almost? Oh, oh my. Wow. 
I can't imagine doing anything for 84 hours straight, especially not playing Cubert. Yeah. But we'll get to that. That's, yeah. All right. Let's say that's enough for the history. How about you? Do you have this game? Do you, do you go on a quest to find this game? Now it's time for the thrill of 8-Bit Discovery with Michael's quest to find the cart. Well, Justin, uh, I do have this cart. And it was such an it, it was such an unmemorable get for me that I don't even <laughs> remember how I got it. Yeah. So uh, let me back it up. I, we need a re, like a rewind sound on this soundboard. Uh, so there's yeah. the true story. Now let me back it up and let me tell you the real story. Okay. Okay. So I was uh, I was vacuuming at my house like as one is to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I vacuum about once every two couple of weeks. I'm just kidding. My wife vacuums. So my wife was vacuuming. And uh, what was that? That is a toy chair. Oh, that cool. just went off. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, so my wife was vacuuming. I was helping her. I was moving furniture for her. Yeah, you know, that's kind of what you do. I move the furniture. She gets underneath it. I move it back. So we mm-hmm. were doing that. And then all of a sudden, she vacuums up something. And I'm like, what? It, and it wasn't like dirt. It was something really big and loud. So we open up the vacuum. It was, it, obviously, it tore up the vacuum. So we had to open it back up. And I look inside, and lo and behold, it is a package. Um, and in that package was nothing, but it had a return self-addressed envelope. So I, I said, well, I mean, it's already self-addressed. I might as well mail it in. So I mail it in, and a couple of weeks later, it gets mailed back to me. Cubert's in it, if you believe it. There you go. Yeah, mailing it in is also going to be the title of this episode of the podcast. But yeah. anyway, uh... <laughs> uh, where's my rim shot sound? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, actually, I think I've got one. Uh, say that joke again. Mailing it in is also going to be the title of this episode of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> All right. All right. So I well, guess we can go. Ahead. Story. Yeah, thanks. I guess we can go ahead and talk about the game then. How about we just talk about the game? All right. Time to dig in to some good old fashioned game discussion. All right. And what better way to start the game discussion than with what I like to call the manual? Yeah. All right. I'm going to be spoiler alert. I already hate it. You hate the game or the manual? The manual. <laughs> oh, yeah. The manual sucks. Yeah. But anyways, uh, I shouldn't say it sucks. I mean, it's better than something I could put together, but here's the story yeah. of Cuber, in case anybody was ever curious. <laughs> uh, this is quite the story. When Cubert's title screen appears... Choose either one or two player mode by pressing the select button. Next, press the start button to go to the setup stage. Once there, fo- what the? This isn't a story. <laughs> That's right. This, a game. this game does not have a story, but they tease you into thinking they do because it says how to free Cubert from the time warp. I don't know. How do you free right. him? Uh, we're just going to tell you how to play the game. Just play the game, and that's you know that's good enough. Where's the creativity? Yeah, the manual has no creativity. 
It is yeah. a whopping seven pages, uh, mm-hmm. and half of those pages are like the warranty and the FCC <laughs> regulations and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so there's really not a lot going on, uh, unfortunately. Well, but you know what's interesting, and I didn't mention this in the uh, history. I probably should have, but the manual, you know, reminds me. This was brought by Ultra, a Konami company. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's got some got some heavy hitting names behind it. Yeah, and honestly, it's a pretty faithful port. I mean, it's not like they're. It's uh, they're not like they had to do a lot to port it from arcade, I guess. But I, yeah. it's a, it's a good job. They did a good job with it. Uh, yeah. Did you ever did you ever play this as a kid? If I did, it, it was non memorable because I don't remember. I remember um, playing it and I hated it as a kid so much. Um, yeah. Mainly because I could not as a kid I could not figure out the controls. I tried both control methods because there's two different control methods you can do. You know you can have it to where mm-hmm. you have to press down and left to jump down mm-hmm. and left, or you can have it where you just press down, it jumps down and left. Mm-hmm. And I could not figure either one of them out. Like the one where you had to press the both buttons, uh, I would always press the wrong both buttons or something. You know, I yeah. could never, it would always mess up. And the one where you had to press the one button, I just, it just blew my mind. Now, what I didn't realize as a kid, because I guess I was a stupid kid, is that all you really have to do is angle the controller in a different way so that the controller orients the same way the guy jumps Mm -hmm. because you don't have to worry about the A and the B button all you're doing is the D-pad so yeah I don't know you know and that's one of the things that the creators were a little concerned about was the controls and getting your getting your bearings in that kind of 3D world that they've created Mm -hmm. and that is probably my biggest gripe about the game is it is just kind of um yeah but you know what's interesting is this game didn't come out until 1989 for the NES. And it come I mean, it was, for the arcade, it was 1982. And it come out for all these other, kind of, like Atari and television, ColecoVision, all like 83. And then six years later, they just decided, eh, let's capitalize on the NES towards the end of its life cycle. Yeah. Well... <laughs> I mean, 1989 was not necessarily the end of the life cycle for the NES, no, but it was about but midway, at least, I'd say. It made it made the joke funny, Michael. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> let me let me make it up to you. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. You're welcome. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the new batters are going to be thinking when they listen to this episode. Yeah, exactly. If they were, if they're looking for some really good quality Cubert uh, talk, uh, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> How can you blame us? What is there to talk about with this game? Uh, well, there's a bunch of different types of enemies. There is, yeah. yeah. Coily the snake. Yeah, the snake that jumps around. Um, the, there's a the little tornadoy things. Now that that must be the snake. The other thing, another yeah. problem I had with this game is. Uh, the graphics are pretty good on Qbert and not much else. Like I had a lot of trouble, like sometimes the block coloring messed me up and like the enemies, the, the little enemies are not super clear, at least in my, the way I was playing, when I was playing, I didn't, I mean, they're kind of varied, but none of them look very good in my opinion. 
No, it's it's not a very good. The sprites aren't very good, which is which begs the question. This is 1989. They could have actually improved on the arcade for the NES at that time, because you got to think the NES capabilities were probably far and beyond what we even had for the arcade in the early 1980s. That is so, true. They they could have improved on it. I think that Hubert though there there should have been some copyright questions because he kind of looks like Gonzo without a body. Gonzo from Muppets. Oh, that's true. He's got I guess that he kind of long, bent nose, just without a body. Hmm. Good point. Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, I, I was never a big uh, Sesame Street guy, so. Yeah. Uh, well, he's not Sesame Street. He's Muppets. First oh. of all. Well. Uh, uh, same. Same difference. As far what as about Muppet concerned. Babies? Did you not watch Muppet Babies? Uh, well, the song sticks out in my head more than the, uh, the actual, the actual show. show. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just remember it was Beaker and the little scientist guys. Beaker's like the idiot assistant. Now, were they in the regular off. Muppets or were they just in the Muppet Babies? I don't know. I think, think they were in both, but I'm not sure. Wow. Not only are we going to get hate for uh, making a really bad Cubert episode, but we're going to get hate for tangent alert and not knowing anything about our tangent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Muppet Babies is a good show. I, I know about Gonzo, and Cubert looks like Gonzo. Yeah. Uh, Gonzo was uh, probably my favorite puppet. Did he? Did he talk? Yeah, he Wait, he was blue, right? Yeah, he was Okay, blue. it's starting to come back to me now a little bit. It's starting mm-hmm. to come back to me now. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the Muppet, like, Thanksgiving and Christmas specials. Those are really good. The Thanksgiving special is hilarious because it's got the, uh, the chef who's, like, Swedish or something. Yeah, I remember This is the another Swedish thing chef. you would never be able to do, like, in today's modern times because that would probably be considered racist or something. But... You know, the chef, he's Swedish, and he's talking, talking, talking like this, you know, and he's constantly... <laughs> but, but the funny thing about him is he's constantly trying to cook Big Bird. And that's hilarious. I think that's hilarious. That is pretty funny. Now... Yeah. Did you say Big Bird? Yeah. I'm just getting so confused right now. I thought Big Bird was Sesame Street. Wait, Big Bird was... there. Oh, no, he wasn't trying to cook Big Bird, but the turkey kept trying to get away. What am I? I don't. There's something though with Big Bird at some point. I don't know. Did they ever have? They must have had crossover or something. They probably did. I'm this sure. tangent's going off the rails. <laughs> Not that it ever really started on the rails, but man, it's just, it's awful. It's pretty bad. So, um, should uh, yeah, let's go back to let's go back to Cuba to learn a little bit. Um, so there's a lot of different power up type things uh, but they're not really mm-hmm. power-ups there's like the little spinny thing that sends you back to the top uh, i guess that's the yeah. time warp yeah uh and then like there's it's not really a power-up but it's like a tip or a strategy you can like make the guys jump off the edge mm-hmm. and that's how you get rid of some of the bad guys yeah um but i don't know i found this game to be somewhat enjoyable this time around like the when i was a kid i did not like it at all you know but this time around i found it to be kind of fun it was kind of it had a um 
it has an addictive quality to it. Like it makes me yeah. want to keep playing it. This and is the, one of those things. Like if you had um, a uh, uh, this game on your phone, like you could never put this down. Like I feel like that that's the type of game it is. It's not the type of game you necessarily want to sit down and play like on your TV today, right? Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, it's a it would make a I mean I could I could see myself playing on Switch maybe uh, for a little while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just other than chasing a high score, this there's really not much to this game. I guess we haven't right. even described what you do. I think everybody knows what Cubert is, but just in case you don't know, the way Cubert works is it's a pyramid of cubes, right? And you're a little guy that jumps between the different cubes. The the game is set up in kind of like an isometric view so that down is not down, or down is down, but pressing down does not move Cubert down. It moves him down and to the left. And right. the, the pyramid is it's like a triangle, obviously. It's a pyramid of cubes. And so your goal is to change the color of all the cubes by jumping on them. So when you jump from one to another, it changes the color. And you want the whole thing, you want all of them to change colors. And while you're jumping around, uh, all the little bad guys on the screen are trying to get you. And that's really all there is to it. And that's the way it is for a lot of the beginning of the game. And then it, it gets harder because they add more enemies. And then eventually they make it so you have to jump on the cubes twice to change the color. So just mm-hmm. jumping on them once doesn't work. Um, and then there's enemies that can change the block back. So, you know, you're jumping and you land on the block and you think you're doing good. And then the enemy goes and changes the block back to what it was before. What a jerk. It, it's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's cle- it, it is a very clever game. But it's just uh, something about the way the control scheme is. I just can't wrap my head around it no matter what I do. Even, like I said earlier, one of the things that the manual tells you to do and one of the things that everybody that everybody suggests that you do when you play this game is to turn the controller like 45 degrees so that your D-pad mm-hmm. lines up with the way the blocks are. And that helped quite a bit. But even at that, I had trouble with wrapping my head around the control screen scheme. Yeah, I don't know. It's just... Yeah, that's my thing. It's just frustrating. It's just too frustrating to to be what it is. Speaking of frustrating, are you about ready for another tangent? I am. Tangent alert! All right. So, um, I've had a lot. Part of the frustrations I've had, and I, as I alluded to at the beginning of the show, is um, we've had some things done to our house, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, one thing was a positive. We're trying to get done. But it led to a negative. So bear with me, everybody. Here we go. <laughs> okay. uh, we noticed that we noticed that we had some calcium deposits like all over our house. It's on our shower door. It's in our sinks. It's in our it's on our refrigerator tray. All this stuff, right? And so we clean it. We clean it. We clean it. And then ultimately, we decided, you know what? We're going to get a water softener. So mm-hmm. we decided to get a water softener. And you know anybody out there who's doesn't know what that is. It's basically, it takes the calcium out of your water by running it through like a salty brine solution that kind of dissolves the calcium. Right. So once it goes through this machine that dissolves the calcium, it comes out, no calcium. And it's pretty awesome, really. 
Uh, it's kind of expensive, but not really that bad when you consider what all it's doing. Um, but so we did that. We had three people. I, I did, I did the smart approach. I took three quotes, right? Had three people to come to mm-hmm. Dallas. First guy came, he did all his little tests, gave me his sales pitch, and then he left. And then the second lady came, same thing. She did all her tests, gave me the sales pitch, and she left. And so it, at the, after the first two, we were thinking, oh, wow, these guys are neck and neck. Uh, one of them sold like the regular electric system. One of them sold like this fancy Connecticut or something system. And, and also an electric system. But for some reason, she did not want to she didn't want to pitch her electric system. I think she was really wanting to push that Connecticut, which was yeah. like twice as much as far as cost goes. Sure. Um, and then the third lady came. So I was at work. Uh, this is going to be a long tangent, by the way, everybody. So mm-hmm. I was at work um, and she called me. She was scheduled to be at our house at 630. But I was at work and then about three o'clock, I get a phone call. And she's like, you think you're going to be there any earlier than 630? Uh and I said, well, no, probably not. That, I mean, that's why we scheduled it for 6.30 because that's going to be like right around the time we got home. She says, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's all right. I'll, I'll see you at 6.30. So I, I'm driving home, pulling into my driveway at like 6.20. So I, I did actually get home about 10 minutes early, but I was hoping I would have 10 minutes to prep before this lady showed up. Uh, nope, she was waiting for me in the driveway. So right right off the bat, she got off on a bad foot for me. Right. Because we, we have an appointment for 6.30. I understand being punctual, but I also understand she needs to understand I gotta have some prep time before yeah. I, before you don't I get need pitched. To be there early and then being pushy. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that was that, and she just and she really didn't even give us a sales pitch. She's just like, uh, "Here's the quote." All right. Mm-hmm. She's like, she did. She wanted to be out of there, so she was out of the running, obviously. So down to the first two, uh, mm-hmm. and we didn't really want the Connecticut system because it was so much more expensive. And mm-hmm. so I called the lady. I said, why don't you pitch me your electric system? Cause we're not going to go with the Connecticut. And instead she's like, are you sure you don't want the Connecticut? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, all right, you're out too. So we went to the first guy and then, uh, so got the first system. They come here, they're installing it and uh, they get it installed. It's all gravy, right? It's good. Right. But the guy, hold on. Let me see if I got a, like a noise for this. Um, hold on, this will be, I gotta have something good here. Uh, okay, but unfortunately, while he was here hooking everything up, he noticed that our hot water heater was leaking. Yes, so what we thought was like a, a nice new, somewhat expensive, but we had budgeted for a soft water softening system turned into a water softening system and a hot water heater. So that, no. that kind of sucks. But on on the bright side, we have nice soft water and it's also really hot. So Right. Yeah. yeah. Boiling skin hot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just like I like it. I'll tell you this, let me complain about this. Speaking of hot water heaters and water in general. At our the house we just moved from where we were living back in uh, Tennessee there in um what we just moved out of. So you've got the bathroom and you've got the kitchen, right? And which one would you say you would want higher water pressure in? The kitchen sink or the bathroom where the shower is? Uh, if you had to pick. If I had to pick. 
Can't I'm, have both. Can't be the same in both. But if you had to pick, which one would you rather the pressure be higher at? The, uh, the kitchen or the shower? Do you have a dishwasher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably the bathroom, then. Yeah, absolutely the bathroom, right? You've got to have the high-pressure shower. Mm-hmm. No, this house had, like, water pressure in the kitchen sink that would probably take your skin off if you held it <laughs> under there long enough. And in the bathroom, it was like some some somebody was peeing on you. Like, that was just, like, all you got out of the shower. It was, oh, my God, I could not stand it. It was like, this is like the opposite of what anybody would want. Oh, um, that's funny. That reminds your point about the dishwasher. Yeah. If you didn't have a dishwasher, maybe you'd want a little higher pressure in the sink. But right. hey, you got exactly. a dishwasher, who cares? Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. That does remind me of that. Uh, it reminds me of that Seinfeld episode. Tangent alert. Mm-hmm. That one oh, where yeah. uh, they, they're they like buying the, they come in and install the new shower heads and there's no pressure. Right. And, the, and uh, like Kramer goes to the black market black shower market. heads <laughs> <laughs> and, and it like knocks him out of the shower. Yeah, yeah. They said that him and Newman's buying them, and Newman says, well, what about, we're supposed to get Jerry one. <laughs> and uh, Kramer says, oh, he can handle this one. He's delicate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've been we've been going through, like, that that game, or not that game, that uh, show episode by episode. Oh, it's so and good. It's so good. It's become one of my favorite shows, really. It really is. And, um. Yeah, I, I, I have a, I mean, I just watch it every now and then when it's like on. I don't know, but it's really good. Now, speaking of shows, are you caught up on This Is Us? Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm like three behind. I mean, how many have we had so far? This, three? Yeah, four? three, I think. Just three. So I'm two behind. Okay. I've only seen the first one. All right. Oh, man. It's good. First one's good. Yeah, it's good. Um, so I don't know. I, I love that show. I, I'm like, I'm behind on all my shows right now. Um, yeah. I'm shameless. I'm way behind on, um, better call Saul that I love. Like I've watched like the first two episodes and the entire season already ran. So it's just frustrating. I am, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Uh, I've, we've, we've had to just give up on shows. We just had to stop some of them. Mm-hmm. Like some of the ones yeah. we were watching, we're, it's it's gotten to the point where, and everybody runs into this sometimes. It happens with video games too. Anybody listen, I'm sure you'll know what I'm talking about. But th- there comes a time when you you sit down, you look at how much time you have, and you look at like your list of shows or games, mm-hmm. and you and you let you're, some of them you just have to say, you know what, you're falling off the list because I don't have time. Yeah. I don't have time, and you're not as good as this other one. So sorry, I'm never going to get to you. Yeah, it's the podcast conundrum. I get on these kicks every now and then. I add a bunch of podcasts, you know, on my my little stream on my Apple podcast. And then about two or three weeks later, I realize I'm not going to listen to these podcasts. Yeah. Like I have like 50 podcasts to listen to, so I got to cut cut these out. Yeah, that's so. why that's why we only release one like once a month now. That's because yeah. we know you guys don't have, you don't have so much time, and we don't want to be taking too much of your time. So we just you know. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. That's not why we're. That's not why we're like a month late. That's. Hey, we'll be back on two, two, um, uh, two month this month. Should be, yeah, I think so. Uh, if, Although uh, we're not, if we just talk about the game more, maybe we, maybe they would uh, enjoy the content more. That's true. Uh, you got any more hot Cubert talk? Uh, 
I think we could get into some of the, uh, the you know, the graphics, music, all that stuff. All right. All right. What all do you right. think about? Uh, oh, back to the music. Speaking of, what did you think oh, about the yeah. music? Uh, it's fitting for the game, but it's not good. Like I don't, I don't. I mean, I, it's just one of these where we've talked about in the past, where it's like, well, this kind of fits the game, but I don't consider this like groundbreaking or or great music. Which I'll tell you this, which frustrates me too in a way because, and I guess I should give them a thumbs down for this for the music because you go to like a game like, for example, Tetris, which could have had just music that fits the game, but Tetris mm-hmm. has some of them. I mean, even though it's only three songs, I think Tetris has some of the best music uh, of any video game, and it's just a puzzle game like Cubert is. So. Uh, maybe I know what I you mean. Super the pass for just having fitting music. Yeah, I will say I'm right there with you. I think the music was just kind of meh. The only exception is the one that's playing now. I really like the one mm-hmm. that's playing now. If you listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. I think it's really. I think it's pretty good. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Bubble Bobble in a way, which is a it compliment is for sure because yeah. Bubble Bobble's got got that good song. Yeah. Uh, but the songs are really short in this game and they just kind of repeat and they're mostly sparse and I, I don't know I'm, I'm with you it kind of it, it kind of fits the game and for me it kind of just blended into the background I didn't even really notice it which is yeah. good and bad yeah I agree okay what about what about the old sound effects I like the sound effects especially his cursing yeah that we haven't even really talked about. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cubert yeah. curses. Like, yeah. Every time you die or lose or... And then just at the beginning of the game for no apparent reason whatsoever. Like, it's just like the intro of the game and he just throws one out there. Hey, speaking of music, hold on. This is one of the songs I hated bad. Listen. It's just a bunch of annoying racket. Sorry. Anyways. <laughs> It's like somebody playing with a soundboard. Yeah. <laughs> like us. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. like us. Ah! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wish I need that sound effect just on my phone. And when we're like doing rounds at the hospital and somebody says something like, you know, about a patient that's like really bad, I could just play that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that would go well. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. You, you wouldn't get kicked out of the hospital or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Hey, so I'm anyway. imagining your life is like Scrubs now, right, basically? It is. And, you know, it's very much true that Scrubs is probably the most realistic medical show. Like, a lot of the medical shows I can't even watch. Like, uh, like my wife will watch, like, The Good Doctor or... Um, She's she started watching a few of the episodes of that the show The Resident, uh-huh. and I I just can't watch them. And it's not the fact that they're bad bad shows or good or bad shows. It's the fact that they're so inaccurate to real life that it's just I can't. I'm sure like cops can't watch cop shows and stuff like that because it's just like it's so. And I'm sure like lawyers can't watch Law and Order because it's ridiculous to them. It's the same thing. It's just like. When you when that's your profession, that's what you do, and it's just like you're seeing it, it's just like this is so ridiculous, I can't handle it. 
You know, I think that the comedy shows oftentimes are more realistic about this well, stuff. It's, because it's not just that. Yeah, because I think they get the structure of the hospital correct. Like, it's absolutely like it is on Scrubs. They get the kind of the dark sense of humor correct, which is kind of like what everybody has in the hospital. Like, it's just kind of what you do. It's kind of a coping mechanism. And then lastly, Scrubs actually gets a lot of the medical stuff uh correct like they don't even make like ridiculous like medical comments which is what i don't like about the other shows like they even get that kind of that stuff pretty accurate which is because apparently that when the show was wrote it was wrote about a physician's experiences and there's like there was a physician that was like a um consultant to the show so i think that's why they got it so accurate because they actually listened to that guy. Hmm. And so, anyway. That's cool. But anyway, yeah. Well, what about the so. graphics on this game? Oh, the graphics on this game. Um, I mean, we've already kind of talked about it. Qbert was a pretty good sprite. The other sprites are just kind of not very good. I guess the game graphics are not supposed to necessarily be groundbreaking because that's just the nature of the game. But I just, there's just nothing about the graphics that I really cared for. Yeah, I mean, I can't really, um, I can't really count it as a negative for the game because it's, it is a pretty accurate representation of the arcade, and right. it's based on the arcade, and the arcade was made so much earlier than the game. Sure. Uh, and but the NES hardware does a pretty good job of representing the game graphically, so I really can't count it as a negative. But I just. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of with you, and I, I mentioned it earlier. It's just sometimes it was distracting to me, even just to mm-hmm. like the blocks kind of end up sometimes being kind of distracting. I don't know, but all in all, it's a very very good representation. Okay, so I can't really complain when it comes to the graphics all that much. Yeah, from an NES. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. All right. So let's decide: is it fun? Is it worth it? How much does it go for? You know. Oh, you know what? That would have been something to look up good. Or good to look up, not look up good. That's not proper English or anything. <laughs> look uh, up well? I don't know. I don't know. I think that's just a bad sentence. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you one thing. While you're looking that up, I'm done with this music. Yeah, let's just turn that off. Did I not say it would get annoying if we uh, yeah. tried to use it during the show? Right. So... It goes for about, it's not a very expensive game, so you can get it for between about six to ten bucks. It's about eight dollars average. Hmm. You can buy the arcade, an original arcade for $2,600. A cabinet? You, yeah. You really like this game. That, that would be cool uh, to have. That would be cool to have a Qbert cabinet, I guess. Sure. Yeah. It would be cool to have any arcade cabinet. I think so too. I don't know where I'd put it, but yeah. Oh yeah, I would have no place for it. But I put it right next to my imagine. brand new hot water heater. It's like every man that wants an arcade uh, cabinet because they look cool. Every man's wife is like, "And what exactly are you going to be doing with that?" Yeah, it's First, like that. Uh, the wife is like very that. sensible because she knows that one, there's no place to put it anywhere, and two, even if there was a place, how often are you actually going to play it? Yeah, it's ridiculous. 
But and it's like the episode of you remember the episode of the show Yes Dear where he rented out a storage unit. Oh, to have I all love stuff? Yes Dear. <laughs> I forgot about that show. Yeah, he rented out a storage unit just to go hang out with like all of his video games and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I love that show. Whatever happened to that show? Was, I don't know. It just died off. It was so it good. Was such a good show. Yeah. So, anyway. Anyway. So, Is do you it think it's worth it? it? I'm going to have to go no. And it's just the simple fact that there's not enough to it to even justify the cheap price. If you're a collect, I mean, if you, if you have so many, I mean, it's kind of one of these things we always have the stipulation of. If you have a ton of games and you've got all the, the great games that you can buy for that cheap price for the 8 to $10 range, then sure, go ahead and get it. But I don't think this is gonna. This is not a game to run out, even though it's cheap and buy because it's a great game to play. So I'm saying no. Yeah, uh, I mean, we've talked a lot of crap about this game, but it's really not a bad game. And like I said, it has an addictive it, quality to it. It makes you it, want to keep playing it. It's not bad. It's just not good either. I think it's kind of what I, I mean. I, that, that's kind of nonsensical, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a right there in the middle. There's a reason why it's not, it's memorable as far as an arcade game goes, but it's not like a highly sought after arcade game as far as I know. Mm-hmm. So there's, and there's a reason for that, obviously, because right. it's not, it's not in the, it's not like, it's not like your Pac-Man, you know, or your Donkey Kong. It's not a top tier arcade game. It's more like, you know, B-level arcade game. Yeah. But that yeah. being said, though, I don't know that I would search out this game, but if you come across it for like five or six bucks and you're just kind of buying games, it's not a, it wouldn't be a bad game to have. You'd have, a, I'd say you could get no. some fun out of it. Yeah, I, 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 that's true. You'd, you could have some fun with it, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't just li- listen to our podcast. I wouldn't be like, oh, I gotta go play Hubert. I'm gonna go find right. it for six bucks. C- certainly not after listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, if they made it this far. <laughs> Right. With all the tangent all right. talk. Okay. Well, um, all right. How about uh, trophies? You got any tro- retrofitted trophies? You know what this game needs? Some retrofitted trophies. I know we're a little out of practice, so I don't blame you if you don't have very many because I don't have very many. But uh, yeah, did you yeah. think of any trophies? I've got a couple. Okay. Let's hear. Or let's hear one out. First one is uh, beep, and that is die. Yeah, exactly. Die five times and quit playing the game because you just get frustrated. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, my trophy is called. I didn't think of good names for them, so I'm trying to think of better names on the fly. But the so maybe you can help me. Uh, so mm-hmm. the trophy is turning the controller at a 45 degree angle to play the game. Hmm. It's, it's be like MC Escher style controller. That's, see, that's a bad name. That's the one I had written down, but I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, acute awareness. I don't know where awareness huh. comes. I don't know, but, but I like, I like it. it. That's, that's what we're going with. Acute, acute awareness. awareness. That is an acute angle. Yeah, that's ro- rotating your controller to 45 degrees to play the game. All right. And my next one is 
or uh, how do you pee? And that is Standing actually up. break the record with this game. Ah, oh. because you got to play it for eighty-five hours. Yeah, so, how did he pee? Do you think? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. And in yeah. eighty-five hours' time, I'm gonna have to poop too. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna have to have like maybe he just played in the bathroom <laughs> on the, the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I imagine he did it on the arcade cabinet, right? Uh, I guess it didn't stipulate. I'm here's I'm what I'm thinking. I'm thinking bar stool with a hole cut out of it, and it better not be an emulator because uh, what's his name got oh, yeah, blasted Bill, for that? Billy Mitchell got a lot of flack for that. Yeah, yeah. Which I heard, I read the other day, he wants to try it again and try to get his record back. But you know, are they gonna let him? Try. I don't know. I mean, I I don't think there's anything wrong with letting him, even if you know if he wants to do it the legit way. What do you think? Yeah. How say you? I say I agree. I don't care. I mean, if he yeah. if he thinks he can do it the legit way, bring it on. Yeah, you've already it's expunged his record, right? So yeah, it's the same thing as uh, Pete Rose. Look, yeah, he did some. He was involved in some poor activity, but it doesn't take away from the fact that he was good at what he did. He should probably go in the Hall of Fame. But anyway, tangent. Yeah. I did tangent uh, alert. I went to Cincinnati not too long ago to oh, watch yeah. the Bears play the Bengals in a preseason game. Cool. And which I feel like we talked about this. Yeah, I think we did. But the football stadium is right next to the baseball stadium. Yeah. And we actually parked closer to the baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. And when you walk by, there is a huge statue of Pete Rose sliding into a base. It's just like greater than life size. Uh, of Pete Rose sliding. Huh. So it's, it's pretty cool. That's cool. I got my picture made with it. I don't know where it is, but yeah. Well, I'm assuming you didn't get uh, like a Polaroid. I mean, I'm, no. I I'm, mean, sure, it's I'm on, guessing it's a digital it's, photo, right? <laughs> it, I guess it's on, it might be on my wife's phone. I think she took the picture. Gotcha. So. Anyway, okay. All right. Well, you, you want to get any more trophies? Uh, yeah, got? but I, I'm, I'm going to stick with the acute awareness. That's good enough. Okay. All right. That was a good one. So we're going to stick with that one. How about uh, game rating? No game is worthy until the dudes have spoken. It's time for the game rating. You want to go with cuss word? Oh. <laughs> on this family-friendly podcast? No, probably not on family-friendly. I like where your head's at. But, uh, <laughs> I'm going to rate Qbert. What, what say you? <laughs> Well, I was waiting for oh, you Justin. Would you? Oh, exactly. Justin, stop! No, that's too much. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, how about a geometric shape? Okay, geometric shape. So basically, a shape. A shape, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd say geometric. <laughs> how about those non-geometric shapes? Huh? Those are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm going to go with a rhomboid. Oh, okay. One of my least favorite. Right. It's just because uh, rhomboid, it's it's a pretty cool shape, but really it's not the best shape. I mean, what do you really do with a rhomboid? You can't, it's not 
functional, like a cube or a square or a rectangle, right? Mm, true. Just, just yeah. So that's that's what I'm giving it. Rhomboid. Okay. Good old rhomboid. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna go with. Hmm. I guess I'm gonna go with circle. Circle gets the square. Yeah, I'm gonna go with circle. And the reason I'm going to go with circle is because it's boring. It's just a circle. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you, and the math around a circle is, I mean, what is what is pi anyways, you know? Right. I mean, you have to use yeah. pi whenever you're talking about circles. Just made up a number. Yeah. yeah. Somebody just made it up and said, hey, this is what you use for a circle. No. Not only no, is sir. it made up, but here's my problem with pi. Okay. Number one is it's just a never-ending number. So nobody even really knows what it is, right? You just say, well, it just never ends, right? Just like nobody really knows what Qbert is. What right. is Qbert? Just... And second of all, they named it Pi, which confuses me because when I hear somebody say Pi, I want to be eating Pi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they don't even spell it right. Doing math. P-I versus P-I-E. Yep. Now, if you think oh, about the, the use of Pi in a circle, then you could think like, uh, well, Pi is typically our circles. You just cut and you cut slices into the circle, just like you would use pi geometrically. Uh, mm-hmm. But alas, I'm still I'm still giving Qbert the uh, circle rating. Okay. All right. All right, did we get any feedback? It's time for D-Patter feedback, because when you're a D-Patter, you're a D-Patter for life. Great pod here. I'm looking at the feedback. So if you've got any... Uh... More tangents. Okay. Uh, let's. Uh, yeah. Not. I don't have any more tangents. Not off the top of my head, but I've got. Uh, I've got some voicemails. I've got at least one okay. voicemail here. You want to play it? Go ahead. Actually, I've got two voicemails. So we'll start with this one. Hey, dudes. Uh, the game was Ikaruga. That's a game you couldn't think of, or you can just like sit there and wait, and the boss will just time out and die. Yeah, it was Ikaruga. It was on the GameCube. Kind of like a NES, but more square <laughs> and purple. Nintendo <laughs> really like purple for some reason. Well, catch you later. Thanks, dude. Thanks, dude. Did he just fart at the end? Yeah. Or is that the phone? I think he did. <laughs> um, hey, man, I don't hate on the GameCube. I love the GameCube. Actually. Yeah, no. I, I, uh, bro and I were just talking about bro being my brother not bro just being some dude that's a friend of mine mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. we were just talking the other day about how awesome donkey Konga was and how i wish we still had mm-hmm. it yeah he said i can't listen to headstrong anymore without thinking of donkey Konga." yeah which is true that was a cool that was a cool game you know what was also cool uh what was great about the gamecube is i loved the controller of the gamecube it was a super awesome controller yeah and everybody hated on it at the time but now now looking back everybody loved it yeah. yeah. Yep. All right, we got some got some uh, feedback here. Okay. All right, so we got Gabe Bangilder starts us off with always one of the better arcade classics. Mike Hall gives us percent asterisk pound question mark. Your uh, I guess this is England pound and exclamation mark. Okay. Otherwise Chris known Bangle. as. Right. Chris Vanderhoff said you beat me to it for that. 
I say Peter Martin says I remember playing it on the ColecoVision a lot and was one of my favorites. As far as the character, I always put Cubert right up there with Pac-Man and Mario as one of the more iconic video game characters. Wow. Okay, so yeah. the, everybody, everybody, all the D-patters out there, they're going to hate us after this episode then, apparently. True. Right. Maybe not. We got some more coming. Okay, good. All right. Douglas DeLakey said, Cubert isn't family friendly. He swears like a sailor. That's true. True, but he's censored. So we'll allow it. Stephen Michael sounds like he's going to be on our side. He says, a classic game that I never cared for. I always found it frustrating to play when I was a kid. I haven't really played it since, to be honest. Right on. I Daniel, knew Stephen would be on our side. And Daniel Walker also sounds to be on our side. He says, I never understood how this game gets lumped in with classics like Frogger, Dig Dug, and Pac-Man. It's just not very good. Maybe arcade version is better. And Douglas Delecky Jr. says it was great on Atari. Takes practice. Hmm. And Dan Biscaglia just zooms in a picture of either Sam or Slick. I'm not sure which one of those bad guys it is. On the it's the creepy looking guy, creepy looking purple guy. And Aaron Hickman says, one of my favorite games as a kid. Of course it would be Aaron Hickman's favorite game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A friggin' germ. Just, Sounds you know. Bad. Yeah. One of my favorite games as a kid, to be honest. You sort of need that solenoid knocker from the arcade, though. The game just isn't quite the same without that force feedback. Wink face. Oh, Greg Polander says, best home port of the game, arcade perfect, and it's great. You can choose your control scheme to help you play the game well. I really enjoy Cubert and spent a lot of time with this. Any fellow fans need to play Cubert 3 on the SNES. I will agree with him that I think that it's the best port that I've played. I will say a couple things about that. First of all, Greg, sorry we kind of hated on the game that you apparently had a lot of childhood memories with. And second of all, that's kind of a shameless plug toward the end that he's trying to get people to go play an SNES game since he yeah, has an SNES podcast. But he didn't plug it. He didn't plug his podcast. <laughs> right. So you know what? We're going to plug it for you, Greg. Yeah. Everybody needs to go listen to the SNES, SNES podcast. podcast. Which that's not the name of it, is it? Is it called? It's not called the SNES yeah. podcast, is it? It's the SNES podcast. Oh, wow, well, that's simple. What way to name yeah. your show? Uh, something so simple that everybody can uh, recognize immediately. Unlike us, something stupid right. like two dudes and an S, <laughs> which has caused nothing but turmoil with the NES versus <laughs> NES. Right, exactly. Uh, and Ryan Jackson rounds us out with, I played this once when I was very young. All I managed to do was leap off the edge. Another pain. Feel the pain. That happened to me quite a bit. Yeah. All right, that's it for Facebook. Okay, hold on. I think I got some, I got some more here. Not Facebook, but... Uh, good pod, good pod. Oh, yeah, it's a great pod. Although I do like the pig picture you put up on both the 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 uh, Facebook page and group. Yeah, it's called what that's called is proof. Proof, proof of our pig in the neighborhood. Proof is in the pig. Instead that's right. of proof is in the pudding. It's 
Purpose in the pig. Purpose in the pig. All right, Twitter. Paul and Andy from Power Trip Gaming uh, say, never played much of this game, but it's one I've enjoyed in the past. A good game. <laughs> A good game. Nice. Nice. Go check out their show, Power Trip Gaming, and you mm-hmm. will not hear any beeps on their show because they just let it fly. Yep. Uh, all right, Google Plus, which I got some sad news about Google Plus. I heard through the grapevine, maybe from Google themselves, that Google Plus is going away. Oh, that's kind of sad for Ryan. For Ryan and our latest and greatest, not greatest, Ryan, you're still the greatest. Uh, but from the latest, Benson, Benson Lott, this is like the second or third time he's posted on the Google Plus too, yeah, so yeah, got two people on there who are about to be without a platform. That's uh, I recommend you guys switch over to Twitter or uh, Facebook. But anyways, for now, Benson says now there's one I completely avoided. I played the Atari version, and that left a bad enough impression that I didn't want to risk wasting a rental on the NES version. So there's another ball yeah, in our okay. court. Yep. Yep. That's right. And then Ryan Ballard says, it looks similar to the arcade version that I tried as a kid. And while this game is a classic in every sense of the word, it's a bit like Pac-Man for me, in that I can only really enjoy it in small doses. I'm curious to see how far that you guys got. Uh, not very. Small doses for not me as well. well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then I got, uh, we got two emails. Or no, not emails. iTunes reviews. We got two new iTunes reviews. Uh, this one's from Pete, one, two, three, one, two, one, nine, eight, zero. He says, easy listening. About halfway through the episodes, and most of them are great. Notice he did not say all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Definitely helping me relive my childhood. The dudes have also reviewed a few games I didn't know about, helping me bolster my NES collection. Thank God that Mario thing died, he says. Uh, All right. Yeah, sorry about the Mario thing, guys. Uh, but he didn't really die. I don't, I don't know if you guys have noticed. He's but, back. Uh, he's back in limited quantities. Right. Uh, all right, and we got another iTunes review. Can you believe it? It's probably because we've like been away it. for so long. But uh, NES Nate from the USA says, NES perfection in a podcast. Wow. <laughs> Be careful right. what you call perfection when talking yeah, about us. But, uh, this he must not have listened to very many episodes yet. Right. He says, childhood nostalgia in a podcast. Exciting content that will leave you wanting more two dudes in a nest. Well, thank you, NES Nate. Or Ness Nate, however you'd like to pronounce it. We'll go either way. We'll go whatever way you want. Yep. Uh, and that is it. I'm I'm waiting. Uh, there's, a, there's a call that hasn't come through yet. I'm kind of waiting on it. So maybe... Maybe he'll call during the podcast. I'll, I'll send him a text and let him know he needs to call in and, and leave his Oh, okay, yeah. Because uh, maybe he just forgot about Qbert. Uh, so I'll send him a text real quick, and then maybe as we're finishing up, we can uh, we can get him on here. So that's it. If you want right. to start wrapping us up there. Oh, wait, All one right. more thing. One more thing. I'm sorry. We have a new honoree dude. Oh, no. Yes. I mean, oh, good. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Dude, Daniel Newton. Which uh, Newton dude? You want to do Newton dude? You want to do Dude Newton? You Fig do... Newton dude? Fig dude? Fig dude. <laughs> Fig Got dude. All it. right. 
Daniel Newton, congratulations. Welcome to the, welcome to the club. Also, thank you for your very generous donation on Patreon. Uh, and you already have uh, one of my favorite uh, dude names. Yeah. Uh, it's it's off the between bat. you, it's between Dude Fig or, or Fig Dude and Dude Bag. Big Dude and Dude Bag. I think Dude Bag still, still has the top name, but uh, we're working on it. I feel bad for all the older dudes who uh, didn't get the nickname train like we're giving maybe now, that's you know? what we need to do a patreon episode on. go back and give Nick- everybody naming name. nicknaming the dudes okay <laughs> we will do that we will make that a patreon don't let me forget we will do that yeah with no prep on the fly yeah yeah, yeah no 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 we're not gonna prep we don't ever we don't prep for yeah. anything we, don't, we didn't prep for this obviously right. so why would we prep for that? <laughs> yeah. all right now you can go right. and start fishing up all right well you can find us on all the social media outlets like Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, while it's still around, uh, even Instagram, we're on there. You can go to our website at twodudesinanest.com, nesdudes.com, and nintendudes.com. And of course, listen to all the Retro Junkies shows as well, as they are, if you like us, you're bound to like them. Um, as well as guys like Power Trip Gaming, who've been on this show multiple times, although they are not family-friendly, so just uh, be warned about that. Um, but they're great. and We obviously course, like those guys. We've had them on like four or five times now. Right. It right. feels like. And, yeah. And you can always call us and leave us a voicemail, and you'll get your, hear your own voice on the podcast. That's right. And how do you call us? 775-7-RETRO-1 or you can go to our website from a mobile phone and click on the little phone icon in the upper corner and it'll ask you if you want to call us and you'll just say yeah sure I'll call that's how you do it uh, I'm not going to attempt the actual number because I don't remember it but everybody yeah. knows I do alph- alphanumeric phone numbers right yeah of course that's I do. right yeah. uh, and we do have one We did. he did decide to go ahead and call us uh, oh good so good. big thank you to uh to Nick Stevens for calling in. Uh, I know it was late, and but he took my text message. It's midnight hour time, but he just took it and he said, "You know what? I'll call you guys." So, anyways, here we go. Let's see what he has to say. This is probably going to be like one of the most infamous sound bites you'll ever have from Nick Stevens, but uh, this is probably one of my favorite games of all time. Like probably top oh. ten. Wow! Wow! Top Again. ten. He, well, I think maybe uh, I, I find it hard to believe that he actually does think this was a top 10, but maybe Aaron has gotten to him. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Could be Aaron got to him. But anyways, thanks maybe for calling in, Nick. Yeah. Uh, always appreciate yeah, what your What a way call. to end the show. Yeah. yeah. What a way to end. Uh, I will say a couple more, couple more shout outs. Uh, shout out to the Wee Dude for always compiling awesome stereoized music mm-hmm. that and allowing us to use it. And shout out to the Fox dude for so many awesome logos. He's done so many logos for us now. He's just a, he's just awesome dude. Uh, but I don't know if you guys have noticed. There's a a new switch up logo, I believe. Yeah. I've been using a new switch up logo. If you haven't seen it, then I probably screwed up the feed somehow. But you should have a cool new switch up logo for switch up episodes. And that's all courtesy of the Fox dude. Awesome. All right, so here comes. You got anything else to say, Justin, before I start playing next game's music? No, nope, that's pretty much it. All right, next game is, is a uh, is the Patreon pick from uh, Fig Dude. So sweet. Here we go. Here comes the music. See you, everybody. <laughs>